0: Drive Time Radio with New York Vinny. Very good Saturday morning to you. This is Drive Time Radio right here on 1150 KKNW. Thank you so much for joining us on this. Uh, still cold. I mean, let's face it. We're still in the in winter here for uh, a few weeks so it's not going to just automatically go boom and go away it's going to stay for a while and what are you going to do that's what you get for living here in the northwest uh, sorry i did not see you last week but we had some technical difficulties getting the show on here i was on the road in uh, northern california and oregon and of course washington and boy i hope that you are not going on the road this year I um, actually hope you are, but I hope you have a checkbook enough to cover because you basically got to mortgage your house to um, to buy gasoline. And even if you do, uh, it's 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 crazy, it's insane uh, the price of gasoline. As you probably well know, it is going up by the hour. And this is what's really kind of, uh, you know, kind of scary. Is it is now? You go look at Gas Buddy. You just take a look at the search, uh, the prices by the region. And of course, we are in well along with the Northeast and uh, Illinois and Indiana, the hottest regions in the country. Retail fuel prices here, four oh seven to five twenty one. San Francisco, which is where I was, is the first city in the United States to hit an average of five dollars a gallon. I saw it for five. uh, What did I see for five seventy-nine in one spot? And I'm sure if you looked around, you could find it for six. Remember, we used to look around for the lowest price. Now you look around to see what the highest price is. It is crazy. Absolutely crazy, and it is going to get crazier. The lowest in the country, uh, let's see, is a 352, and that's in like Texas, Oklahoma, uh, Kansas. You know, straight up the middle of the country. Uh, Arkansas looks like it, uh, it 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 might be in that included in that. Missouri. Uh, maybe a part of Wisconsin, Michigan is in the middle, but we are, we are nuts. So if you're planning vacations this year, you're planning to go take, take that road trip that I always tell you to take. I mean, I'm planning a road trip this year on route 66. And now I'm sure I'm wondering if I'll be able to do it because the prices uh, and and with the the sad news and, and I mean you know if you're watching uh, CNN or the news at all and you're seeing what's going on in Russia attacking uh, I, I mean just just slaughtering everything in the Ukraine uh the prices, are going to go even higher. Russia supplies, I think, 20, no, I think it's 12% of the world's oil. We are still buying oil from Russia. That has not stopped with all of the sanctions that we've put on Russia. And that's a decision, I guess, that people are going to have to make here. But they will, you know, everybody is putting uh, the Ukraine things, and you're looking at the brave people in the Ukraine and what's going on. But to support those people, really, to hurt the Russian government as much as possible without actually going to war, you're going to have to stop the oil imports from Russia. You got to cut off their cash line. And that will mean that our gas will likely go up to $7 a gallon. So are you willing to pay $7 a gallon to um, support this war effort? Now, other countries, other OPEC countries are going to try to take up the slack, but you know what's going to happen. I mean, the oil companies aren't going to give you that that money back. Are you kidding me or what? (laughs) The oil companies are not going to say, gee, you know, we, uh, we're we lucky here. Uh, the price went down. Let's pass it on to the consumers. Yeah, you stand out there and wait for that to happen. And I got a bridge in Brooklyn that I would love to sell you. It's a little Marine Parkway bridge. Not a big one. I can give it to you for a, a discount. The Brooklyn Bridge is already sold. Um, so everything around gasoline fuel oil, uh, other prices uh, that are petroleum-related products are going to go up. It's just a fact of life right now in the 21st century. And you you can't blame it on one thing or another. It's so many different factors that go into it. Uh, There's so many different pieces that go into it. And I would suggest that um, if you want to learn more about it, go to uh, CNBC. Uh, has some great stuff on it on YouTube. Gas Buddy has some great stuff on it on YouTube as well. And you can, uh, you know, YouTube is a wonderful thing. You know, we, we, we put it down sometimes. But you can learn so much if you find credible providers on YouTube. Our show is on YouTube. So that tells you it right there. More bad news. As I was looking at the folks, the guys from YAA uh, that we had on a couple of months ago, you remember the father and son that had that great website about car buying advice and so on and so forth. Uh, they put out an article yesterday that talks a little bit, as a matter of fact, talks a lot about how this crisis is going to affect car prices yep uh ukraine god bless those people huh i mean really god bless those people um so the acts of bravery you see god, yeah. if i was four years younger I'd go over there and fight myself it just pisses me off so much uh but as of yesterday, several automakers have announced disruptions on in many areas. The biggest area right now that and we have a list here of the automakers that will be um, affected here. Ukraine and Russia are the world's largest producers of neon. You need neon to make chips the chips that have been shorted; those chips need to be made with, there's a process in the making of those chips where they use neon. And the place that you get that neon is Ukraine and a, a little piece of Russia. So if you're not buying anything from Russia, you're not getting, you're, you're not going to get your chips done. Uh, also, um, with the especially the Asian automakers um, are facing unprecedented disrupt disruptions as the airspace over Russia is now closed. in retaliation for us closing airspace all over the world to the Russians. So you now have to go around Russia that's going to raise and use more fuel to do it in your planes. That's going to raise the price of auto parts. Many of which are made in Russia, and if you can't do business with Russia, again, you you know you you you're just it's a it's a horrible situation. Now, next thing you have to worry about is cyber attacks. Already, Toyota has been closed down twice by cyber attacks, and probably lost. Twenty thousand cars, so that's going to drive the price of Toyotas uh, up, I'm sure, because they're not going to have the supply that they need to, uh, you know, to fulfill dealer lots or all over the world, not just here. All right, the impacted automakers by the Ukraine Russia conflict: BMW. They have a factory in Kaliningrad. Uh, which is situated between Poland and Lithuania. And they have halted production at that factory. BMW has also suspended vehicle exports to the country. Ford is uh, pulled out of Russia. They have a partnership uh, with an automaker in Russia. And uh, the Ford Transit and similar commercial vehicles are made there. General Motors really doesn't have much um, in the Ukraine. They pulled out of Russia many years ago. Uh, They sell 3,000 vehicles in uh, Russia annually. They ended their production in Russia seven years ago. So GM may be the least affected automaker by this. Honda has poor sales and exports to Russia. Volvo was the first company to do that. Hyundai has suspended its uh, output at its plant in St. Petersburg, March 150. Now, Hyundai is a big, big uh, automaker in Russia. They sell over 10,000 vehicles per month, 12% market share. Jaguar Land Rover is cc shipments. Mercedes uh, will reduce production at some plants due to supply shortages. Mitsubishi is halting production on sales of their vehicles in Russia. Stellantis, which is Chrysler here and Dodge and Ram and uh, um, those brands, Jeep. Uh, They sell the Citroen, Opel, Jeep, and Fiat in Russia. They will start exporting, uh, they will, they will put a hold on all of their plans. They were going to bring Russian-made commercial vehicles to Western Europe. They're not going to do that now. Toyota has a factory in Russia. They have stopped production at that plant. They produce about 80,000 vehicles a year in their St. Petersburg plant. They're also pausing imports. Uh, Kojima, one of their suppliers, was taken down. On February 28th, after the Japanese government announced support for Ukraine, uh, Toyota is now resuming production all those facilities. 60,000 suppliers supply parts to Toyota, and that's something that they are, I'm sure, thinking about now. Volkswagen's electric vehicle production has been halted because of uh, supply chain disruptions. Ukrainian manufacturer supplies electrical cables for the new ID4, the ID3, and the ID5 electric vehicles. On Thursday, Volkswagen said suspending its Russian business until further notice. No cars from VW Group brands will be exported to Russia. That combined with the sinking of that ship—you know, that ship that we talked about a couple of weeks ago that had all of the uh, Bentleys and the Audis on it that's Volkswagen product, that ship sunk, which is a relief, I think, for everybody uh, that it sunk because had those cars come into port, you probably would have had a problem with people stealing VINs off them, and which are valuable and and all sorts of hanky-panky. So maybe the best thing for those... um, those cars was to hit the bottom of the ocean. And I mean, you know, with the Volkswagen ID4, there was already a six to 12 month waiting period for people who wanted to buy one. So, I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of, uh, if if you want an electric car, this is going to affect it. If you want any car, I think in the long run, if this doesn't, uh, Come to some kind of resolution somewhat quickly, and then who knows what they bombed. So this is going to become, this is going to affect our uh, our entire our uh, you know our entire thing, our entire automotive new car situation. um the latest chip shortage forecasts show a delayed recovery despite optimism um they want they think that in 2022 1,253,100 vehicles will be lost to uh the chip shortage it's a lot of cars it's going to mean a lot of layoffs somewhere along the line. So that's that's how this conflict will affect you if you are one of those people who are saying to yourself I got to go out and buy a new car. I got to go out and buy a new car. Uh my advice to you right now friend is to hold off. Is to sit back and either repair your old car or look for a good used car if you if you're that needy of a car, but those are the things right now really that we are um, uh, in the automotive business that people that are, that are that follow this stuff are looking at, and really it's it's I mean as much as it's disheartening for the people uh, that that you see that are uh, going across the borders and then, uh, you know that you see uh, this horrific stuff going on on uh, television, I guess the decision comes down to, um, you know, how do we help these people? And, uh, you know, find your local uh, Red Cross or Catholic charities or charities that, that do work over there, UNICEF and so on and so forth, and give them some money. Uh, they're going to need it. There's a lot of people coming across that border, and if you can do that, you're you're helping mankind, and womankind, and every other kind, as in a terrible situation. One more quick note before we we'll take a quick break, and Vaughn Glace is going to join us. You remember him? He is the young man that we spoke to last year. That's uh, that's probably the hottest thing in a in a little uh, SCCA car right now. Uh, we'll find out what's going to happen with his upcoming season. He won at Indy last year. So that alone puts him on my uh, my great list. The fact that he used to be my neighbor also puts him on a great list. All right. um, Stick around. We got more drive time coming for you. This overheated
1: radiator shouldn't have happened.
0: Or this street windshield in the rain. Or this dead battery here. Shouldn't somebody check those things for you every time?
1: Texaco dealer does, that's his promise. Your Texaco dealer not only promises to check the things everyone ought to, he'll double-check too. He'll check your battery, double-check the battery cables, check your oil, double-check the fan belt, check your radiator, double-check the radiator cap, clean your windshield, and double-check the wiper blades. What's more, your Texaco dealer's service and courtesy includes a smile and a thank you. That's his promise. You can trust your car to the man who wears the star. The big, bright Texaco star. Get inspired every hour right here on Alternative Talk
0: 1150. All right, back with you on Drive Time Radio. New York City hanging out with you on this uh, saturday morning as we always do we get a chance now to head back to a a place that has a special place in my heart because uh, i used to live there as a matter of fact i lived right across the street from this young gentleman i've watched him grow up and 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 turn into um well you know i always say rapid roy the, the stock car boy but you know he's so much more than that i mean he he is really uh when you go back and you look at what this young man has accomplished uh, in in the SCCA and uh, last year we talked to him uh, when he was racing in Indianapolis first place SCCA 2021 National Championship Um, really it's it's amazing what he is doing Uh, the Formula X race that was part of that Sports Car Club of America runoffs they had it in Indianapolis as I said uh, where I mean you get to race on the same track as the Indy 500. So I want to check in with him. By the way, it's, it's just a place where Carol Shelby and Mario Andretti and all these other people have won uh, at that track. And now his name goes on that, not as winning the 500, but who knows? Who knows? Vaughn Glace is with us. Vaughn, good morning. How are you, pal? Good morning, Vinny. How are you? I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm good. It's good to hear your voice, my friend. Yeah, you as well. How? Um, first of all, how are
1: your parents? Oh, they're great. They, um, yeah, they're super excited about the the accomplishments we were able to achieve last year. They're stoked about what's coming up next or this year. And
0: um, yeah, we miss you, man. Yeah, I miss you guys too. Um, before we get into everything, and this I want to, I want to, because th- to me. Uh, the type of parents that you have are so much a part of, of what you have been able to do. I mean, their ability to let you go and do something that's dangerous uh, to let you, to instill your enjoyment of cars. I mean, you really have to have special people. I think that, uh, you know, so many parents fear danger these days. These, these Your parents have, have let you safely, of course, uh, participate and enjoy it. Yeah, I mean,
1: i it's hard to say that, you know, especially my mom, that they've fully embraced the danger, but, (laughs) um, (laughs) they, uh, no, they've been really supportive and, you know, my, both my mom and my dad have been such a huge part of, you know, everything I do. Um, they support me on and off the racetrack. It's, no, it's awesome to have parents like that, that, you know, let me do something that's so dangerous and crazy and they, they don't really see it that way.
0: Yeah, they see that you're having fun, that you're enjoying it, that you're learning uh, a craft that very few people in the world know how to do, and, and you're doing it at a level that's, uh, that's uh, unbelievable, really. I mean, when you think about it, uh, you know, for somebody to accomplish what you've accomplished in the, in the time that you've been doing this. So you, you win at Indy last year, the, the SCCA National Championship runoffs How has life changed for you since you have won that, uh, that championship.
1: Yeah, it's, it's quite the same yet. There's little differences. Like there's a, there's a lot of recognition that has come from winning that championship, especially yeah. at racetracks, you know, people have been more apt to support me and, you know, also they're keeping tabs on pretty much everything I'm doing, which is, you know, it's kind of scary. But um, it's yeah, you know, it, I can't say I feel like a national champion, but knowing that I am, it's kind of it. It's a real boost of confidence and just you know comfort in the car. So that, that's kind of what I took away from it, and also it's just a really cool thing to do.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I can also remember from last year that you had had problems at the track and everything. And you had to qualify a certain way, because I, I forget exactly what the story was, but there was some, some controversy and stuff about you getting on the track and some stuff going around it. And you like busted through all of that to win it. Oh yeah. There was, it was not an easy week. Um, for
1: the first, we had three qualifying sessions. The first one was just that we weren't able to get a good lap in. There was so much traffic. There's 30 cars on the track at once and it was wow. just hard to get a clean lap together without running into people. So that the first day of qualifying just really wasn't what we needed. Um, also it also was my first time driving at that track in that configuration, so it was mainly learning. The second day of qualifying, we had a uh, rear wheel hub issue where the bearing kept backing out, which led to instability and unpredictability, um, through some pretty high-speed corners, which just kind of we we decided not to go out that session just because of how dangerous it could have been, and we just decided to rebuild both hubs on the rear to you know add, add some safety going into the final day of qualifying, where um, I was left to my own devices to set the car up the way I wanted to based on the first day, and I I made a crucial mistake in setting the the toe on the front end where i forgot to lock in the steering column uh, and every time i'd make an adjustment on the front toe the wheel would turn and by the end of you know by the time i w- had to get out on track i was about 10 degrees right hand down and the wheels were like pigeon toed in so oh, but it's got to yeah, slow you down but bit the car would- pull. It, oh. it should have slowed me down. I think it did. It probably cost us about a second, a lap, but we were still able to be fastest in qualifying and start on the front row. Uh, and then the race was pretty straightforward. Uh, everything kind of worked well. And yeah, we controlled it the the whole race and walked it home with the national championship.
0: Oh wow. SCCA national championship driver. Vaughn Glace is with us. Boy, I like saying that in front of your name. So, what did you do? What does a, a a young driver like you do in the off season? Do you take classes? Do you go tour different tracks? How do you get now ready for your? I mean, I guess, I guess you're a rookie last year. This year, you're kind of. You're, you you got to move up a little bit. You got to figure out how to move up. How does what does that look like? So. The, the off seasons really isn't
1: much of an off-season now. Um, everybody just heads south. So I spent some time down in Florida. I'm actually in Miami right now, um, nice. you know, following the warm weather and stepping in the race cars where I can. Um, and then also it's just putting a plan together with people and teams for the upcoming year. So it's, it's crunch time. Um, Christmas is – it's known as the most stressful time for a racing driver because there's so much unpredictability and unknowns going into a new season, but yeah, we're looking good.
0: Good. Good. Now, now, being as you've won that race uh, last year, has sponsorship gotten better? Have you been able to come up with more sponsors and more um, ability to do more because I know what sponsorship means. You can have better equipment, do more things, have a nicer trail, you know, all that. All that kind of stuff has that happened so far for you? oh yeah it the national championship
1: has made that a a lot easier just because there's more credibility um with my name, and you know people know that I act like that I have what it takes
0: yeah. and
1: that that really opens some doors um and yeah I, I we're still looking for sponsors every little bit helps, but um it's it's been easier and we've we've had some more solid support going into this year which is always a great thing
0: good good so where do you hit the when will your season start and where will you hit the track and and will it be will you move up any class? i'm, I'm, I'm not intimately familiar with how it works at scca but will you move up a class will you uh what will you do this upcoming season so this upcoming season, we're I'm going to be doing
1: the runoffs again because if if a driver wins the runoffs, he gets an automatic invitation to next year's uh, oh. event, which is great. That's something I want to continue to do, and you know maybe add some more championships. Um, but really, we we kind of did the the top level of SCCA racing um, that we could. So now it's, we're looking at different series, including WRL, AER, some IMSA stuff, um, and just getting in different cars. So what I think it was three weeks ago we had our first WRL race, which um, I'm a development driver and coach for that team, and so that was kind of a good start to the season. And then um, there's, I'm going to be hopping in, it's a... It's affectionately known as an LMP4 car, which is a prototype. It's a mixture between a GT car and a formula car. Right. And we're going to be doing endurance racing and that, and it's at a pretty high level. So that's what we have planned for this coming year, um, along with some vintage formula stuff, because I got hooked on that after I did the Pittsburgh Vintage Grand Prix last year. So yeah,
0: man, that's, that's some pretty awesome that. stuff, man. That is some pretty, uh, pretty great, uh, I mean, I remember when I, you know, I used to put my vet in that thing, man, and it was just, it was just an awesome, uh, for people that don't know, the Pittsburgh Vintage Grand Prix runs through Shenley Park in downtown Pittsburgh, and it might be the best vintage race um, of them all because of the, the course that goes through the park and just so many things about it are really cool. I mean, I know there's like Laguna Seca and places like that. And that's, that's cool. But this one doesn't use a racetrack. It uses, um, uh, you know, the park roads and uh, it's, it's really awesome. It's, it's, it's just such a great event. And I know you volunteered there for a million years, right?
1: Oh yeah. Since I was a real little kid. And I I blame that race for getting me into this crazy adventure, watching the, uh, those old race cars run around the uh the park in pittsburgh so i got to take part in that last year in an old formula v and we did pretty well we broke the track record started 23rd and finished third it was a great weekend and um yeah so i just we're we're kind of running with that it was just a blast it's fun it's yeah yeah. You know, it, it's it's a great tool to keep me sharp and
0: it's it's does it still feel like the fun? most fun i've had in racing yeah, so it still feels like fun. It doesn't feel like a job yet, right? Oh, not at all. It's it's awesome. a blast. I I love every minute of it. Awesome. If um if there's a a young kid listening who maybe is racing go karts right now or is thinking about getting into what what advice would you give him, Vaughn? Um, well, learn as much as you can. Don't be afraid to try different
1: things. in behind the wheel, whether that's setup or driving. Um, and talk to people. The the more people you meet, the more chances you'll find someone who recognizes your talent. And it, that's the first step into, you know, um, climbing that ladder. So yeah. it's, yeah, the more people you talk to, the better off you'll be. And people love watching and seeing what, you know, young kids are doing these days. So take advantage of that.
0: Yeah, people, and listen, it's, it's the old thing. I mean, you, you go back and you look at those movies from the 50s and the 60s, and people love the race car drivers, right? Oh, yeah. They get the best seats in the restaurants in Palm Springs. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, good. Uh, listen, Vaughn, it's so good to talk to you, man. its uh, uh, I can't wait. Now, if people want to follow you, are you on Twitter? Or are you on social media at all? Um, so I'm really only on Instagram. Um, I,
1: I'm not a huge social media guy. I just kind of like doing stuff and, you know, focusing on, um, you know, the, what's going on at the racetrack. So my Instagram is Vaughn Glace, um, first name, last name. So it should be pretty easy to find. And yeah, there's, I post stuff kind of regularly on there, but usually whenever I'm at a racetrack, something's going to show up.
0: Yeah. Good. Well, we'll we'll also keep tabs on you too. We'll we'll uh, try and talk to you if you're not too busy during the middle of the season. See how you're progressing, and um, uh, you know, listen, be safe, man. And, and, and how's your How's your sister doing? I, I see posts from your dad too that she's doing some kind of champion. I mean, if, talk about a family that's gifted. Oh my God.
1: <laughs> it's funny. She was a national champion before I was with uh, cheerleading. She does that competitive, um, like super competitive cheerleading, and she's awesome at it.
0: Wow, that, um, that's so a he, million. You
1: just got back from um, Austin. There was a big, big national champion meet there with, I think it was like 20,000 athletes, something wow. crazy like that.
0: Yeah. That's amazing, man. Well, that's, uh, you know, they don't call Pittsburgh the city of champions for nothing, right? <laughs> exactly. all right Vaughn. listen say hi to your parents for your uncles and everything and uh, hopefully i will get to see you uh at a track sometime or when i get back to pittsburgh later this year yeah that'd be great benny will do all right my friend you take care of yourself Vaughn. thank you very much i appreciate the call oh no problem man good to check in with you Vaughn glace uh, if you want to follow a young career, I mean, we follow young baseball players. We follow young football players. Uh, Vaughn gives us a chance to follow a young race car driver as he develops uh, along the way to um, hopefully uh, stardom, uh, but even just enjoying what he does. You know, that's the thing with, with um, racing. He's He's gone from that amateur level where it really still isn't, but into a professional level where, and he's good. And I think he's somebody that we're going to hear a lot about in the coming years, if you are into racing. All right, 8.37, tell you what we'll do. Let's get right to our cartoon, uh, our Saturday morning cartoon. It's a beautiful thing because we know that cars and music go together so well so beautifully because you're in your car and you're driving along, you turn on a radio and you're, you know, if you want to get away from it all, you turn on some music, you hit the satellite radio, you hit the local button and bang, you're singing along to something. I figured this week, what I would do for the Saturday morning cartoon is um, with the gas station, you know, the whole gas thing going on and the price of gas going up. I figured I went back in my mind and I found a song uh, that I'd known for years from a guy named Phil Oaks. You might remember Phil Oaks from uh, the 60s, he's a folk singer. Uh, and had a, a maybe his biggest song was uh, Outside of a Small Circle of Friends, uh, that was uh, a hit for him, but he didn't have too many hits, but he had a lot of great work. He died young and, um if the name Oaks sounds familiar to, if you're into rock and roll, his brother is Michael Oaks, who is a uh, spectacular, written many books on rock and roll. He's probably the premier rock and roll archivist of, of them all. But Phil Oaks put out a song called gas station women. And I thought that that would be the perfect song for this morning, because when you go to the gas station, you may have to leave one of your kids there to, uh, (laughs) <laughs> to get out of there with a half tank of gas here's phil oaks on drive time radio there you go the late great phil oaks in our saturday morning cartoon uh if you get a chance check them out I, it really if you uh I, if you know about them then you know about them but if you don't know about them um uh, just uh one of those uh, icons of the 60s that maybe never got the uh the traction of Peter, Paul, and Mary, and some of the other great, you know, John Baez, and some of the other great folk singers of that time, but certainly left a a great catalog. Uh, I always like his um, Outside of a Small Circle of Friends, because it was written about this murder that happened in New York many, many years ago, and I think if you were you know, around New York at the time, even if you were like I was 10 years old at the time and nine years old, you remember the name Kitty Genovese. And Kitty was a, a, a woman who got stabbed multiple times while people watched and called didn't call the police and didn't want to get involved. And it was really, it, it, it's seen, has been written about by sociologists and so, mu- so many Uh, people about how it's kind of the dividing line in America from how people would get involved before people would uh, go down and help somebody out, come out of their houses, come out of their apartments too. Now, this uh, world that we live in today, where people just draw the blinds and whatever's happening is happening because I don't want to get hurt. I don't want to get involved. I don't want to give my name to the police. Uh, It's a song uh, worth listening to, uh, outside of a small circle of friends. But that one was Gas Station Women, and uh, again, the great Phil Oakes uh, doing that one. Anytime I can figure out a way to play a Phil Oaks song in context of what I'm doing, uh, I'm pretty much a happy camper. All right, we will come back with the uh, review of the uh, week. <laughs> the road test. Uh, don't mind me. I, you know, I've been sick for a bunch of days and I've just been, I'm a little shingati. You know, sometimes you get a little, you know, uh, you have to think about what you're saying before you say it, which you always have to do here anyway. But the thing is, is, uh, you know, it, I've been, oh, uh, I've just been, uh, so it's nice to be back in the seat here. By the way, before we go to break, I just wanted to let you know that uh, a couple of things. Uh, number one, We are uh, hopefully going to be expanding onto live YouTube feeds, but you can always get the show on YouTube. And uh, just uh, search Drive Time Radio with New York, Vinny, and it'll be right there. We have a whole channel of mine and uh, Michael Knight, the the, the show I do with Michael Knight. Also Monday, we will have um, comedian Rod Long join us. And we will uh, remember uh, a guy who many people, uh, especially in the baseball world around town, knew, uh, Jim Swanson, Swanny, who used to own Swanny's down on um, right off of Pioneer Square and the Comedy Underground. I'm sure you remember that place. Um, both uh, both those places he uh, um, he owned and he. Uh, and uh, and did a great job. Was he was the guy that set day, the drink price according to Dave Valley's batting average? That's that was swanny that did that, and he passed away earlier this week, uh, peacefully in his sleep, from what I understand. And uh, we wanted to at least spend a little time with Rod, who knew him really well, and of course, Michael knew him, I knew him, um, just so we you know have a little reminiscent of uh, of that place in that time in Seattle history a time is quickly disappearing um you know Seattle, Seattle is not the same place it was what was that uh, 20 uh 28 years ago 27 years ago it's just not the same place anymore um i don't know if a place like Swanee's would survive these days but back then <laughs> oh what a place it was. <laughs> All right, quick break here. We'll come back with the road test. Don't you go anywhere. It's time
1: to winterize. And at Sinclair, that means check. Lubricate, check. Transmission and differential, check. Hoses for leaks, check. Fan belt, check. Drain radiator, and put in Sinclair antifreeze. Change to Sinclair Triple X. The multi-grade motor oil, with nickel added to armor plate your engine against winter wear. Finally, fill up with Sinclair Dino for fast winter starts. Worry about winter, what for? You've got Sinclair winterizing. It's time now, winterize at the sign of Sinclair. Sinclair, we care about you,
0: about your car.
1: Tell your friends about Alternative Talk 1150.
0: The Drive Time Radio Road Test. Every week, Vinny puts another car through its paces and lets you know the good, the bad, and the ugly. Right, very good morning oh, very good morning. listen to me i'm I'm sitting here doing something i'm oh a very good morning. well if you know what if you just joined us a very good morning to you it's drive time radio i'm new york for you and this is the drive time road test where we take a look uh this week at the ford mach e gt uh this is the electric vehicle you want this is the electric vehicle that um I don't I don't know why you would buy a Tesla when the Ford Mach-E is out there the GT especially Uh, this was just a great car a great ride if it had a gasoline engine it it would be a great car but everybody who uh booed and pod about having a Mustang had four doors and everything are lining up to buy these things this is really one of the uh, this may be the class of electric vehicles. It is um, well. I have two editions. You have the performance edition of the GT and the unperformance edition of the GT. You we reviewed the GT the, uh, the the regular Markey a, a few months ago and raved about it. Then, as a matter of fact, I've been raving about this car since I first got a look at it and it just does everything that you want it to do from looking sharp, looking like a Mustang. Uh, If you conceptualize a Mustang, if you look at the front of it, if you look at the way it's designed, it has the Mustang DNA in it, that's for sure. It doesn't look like an edge. It doesn't look like uh, anything else out there, really. It looks like uh, it has The Mustang lines, the curved in the front of the fender headlights, the treatment of the LCD lights, the uh, rear has the Mustang familiar um, panel in the back with even the lights in the back uh, do the sequential um, uh, turn signal as the Mustangs uh, have always done since, uh, you know, since I believe 69 I don't know if they had the sequentials on the first run of Mustangs but I think maybe since 67 uh they when they changed it to that a little bit of a different body style but outside the car is beautiful it is so uh the lines the design uh people look at this car as you're driving it along there's no doubt that uh, this is a car that uh you know that people want to uh you know want to know more about and when they see the gt and they see the performance edition of the gt it whets their appetite even more sliding in the car it is comfortable ford used top-notch uh stuff to top-notch materials to assemble the seats the dashboard big pad in the middle you have two screens you have a large iPad type screen in the middle of the interior and a screen right in front of you that's also a uh, essentially a computer screen and everything is controlled off of these two screens and the stalks and the steering wheel uh except for the radio volume they've left a the traditional volume knob down there in the middle it also will move uh you between certain segments of the screen and the screen it is comfortable to get into easy to get into even for a big person the seats are extremely comfortable extremely well crafted both front and rear you get a ton of space in here. as a matter of fact the Mustang GT has more rear headroom rear headroom than a Tesla has almost as much if not more cargo space than certain teslas now the egt comes with a larger front motor uh the horsepower in the one i tested was a three was a 346. um it goes up to 480 if you are in the performance edition uh 428 pounds feet of torque and if you're in the performance edition the GT will get you from zero to 60 miles per hour in 3.8 seconds. It is possibly the fastest zero to 60 car I've ever driven. And I've driven a lot of them. And and the great thing about the Mustang uh, GT is that you hit that gas, uh, I guess you still call it gas, you hit the accelerator pedal, and it just goes. There's no You know, two seconds between the hitting the pedal and it going, it goes, boom. And it'll, and and again, as far as handling, now, maybe better tires on it, different tires would change the handling a little bit, but I found the tires that were on there uh, to be excellent. And cornering and handling and uh, all the things that you expect out of a sports car are there in this car. There's no, um, you you don't sacrifice anything. Like people think, well, I'm sacrificing something if I buy an electric car. The only thing you're sacrificing is distance. Is that you're not going to be able to, you know, fill the tank and go 600 miles, which you're probably not going to do in a lot of sports cars anyway. What you do have, though, is you have an ever-growing network of electric Charging stations, and one thing that the Ford does really cool is if you map out a trip in the car on the screen, it'll give you, you hit the button, you map out your trip, you hit, there's a certain piece that you hit, it will give you the time, the the location of the charging stations as you're driving from here down to Portland, it'll give you locations of the charging stations, how many miles it'll, um, give you uh, and the amount of time it'll take you to fill the uh, charge the car all the way to your destination so that you know exactly there's no like oh my God is there a charging station here is there a charging station here you will know exactly where to stop how long to stop how much energy you'll get and Ford with uh, Electrify America maps it all out for you so it's really simple it's not like it's um I don't know not like it is uh you you know like a mystery it takes that component out of it the ride is good the build is good the handling is good and you can buy the Edition I was riding in for about four oh by the way plenty of cargo room in this thing. could have a front trunk and a uh you know of course the rear hatch uh, the addition, I was uh, driving $43,000 bucks plus, and I would say well worth it. If you're thinking electric car, this is the car that you should be thinking of, the Ford Mustang GT. It gives you great performance, good room, people love the car and enjoy watching you drive it, and you will enjoy driving it too. That's another addition to Drive Time in the books. Thank you so much for listening to our show. We will join you uh, next week at this same time with uh, more road tests and uh, look at what I'm driving this week. Nathan's on vacation this week. Uh, So we thank our producer back at the studio uh, for doing what he is doing back there and making everything run so smooth this morning. And thank you, of course, to our good friend uh, Vaughn Glace for jumping on with us from Mount Lebanon. And of course, to the people who helped support this show Keith Slater, George Jackson. All of the people that uh, that make this show possible to uh, be on the air here at uh, KKNW. By the way, this week I'm driving the Kia Sorento, and Nathan isn't here, so I can't do the Yo, Vinny, what are you driving this week? But the uh, the Sorento, uh, and I'm going to tell you about that because that is a pleasurable car to drive as well. All right, be safe, look for the lowest price on gas, and we will catch up with you next Saturday morning at 8 o'clock if the Lord's willing and the creek don't rise uh, right here on 1150 KKNW. Don't forget, you can always find us on Facebook, on YouTube, on Instagram. Bye-bye. Have a good week.